Chapter Eleven of the Purple Flame. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Purple Flame by Roy J. Snell. Chapter Eleven. The Girl of the Purple Flame. There is something in the sharp tang of the Arctic air in the honest weariness of a long day of tramping in the invigorating freshness of everything about one that makes for perfect repose in spite of the problems that face them regardless of the mystery that haunted this chamber of nature hour after hour to the very tune of the whirling storm the girls slept the calm and peaceful sleep of those who bear ill-will towards no one when at last marian pried her eyes open to look at her watch she was surprised to learn that eight hours had passed she did not look to see the gleam of dawn at the mouth of the cave dawn in this strange arctic land was still four hours away she knew that the storm was still raging there came the roar and boom of the wind now and again as if the demons of storm were determined upon pulling them from their retreat a steady sucking breath of it came sweeping down through the cave Marian listened and then quoted Blow high blow low not all your snow can quench the our earth fires ruddy glow She smiled to herself their tiny fire had gone out long ago, but another might easily be kindled She was about to turn over in her bed for another ten winks when she suddenly remembered the mysterious discovery of the night before the ashes and the bones and at once she found herself eager for an exploration of the place to discover if possible what sort of people had been here before her to guess how long ago that had been to search for any relics they may have left behind all these exerted upon her mind an irresistible appeal she had risen and was drawing on her knickers when attatak awakened come on marian cried it is morning the storm is still tearing away at the mountainside. We can't go on our way. We elite ponamak. Too bad, broke in Atatak. Now Bill Scarberry will get our pasture. The agent will pass before we arrive. We shall have no one to defend our herd. At this, Marian plumped down upon her sleeping bag. What Atatak said was true. Should they be unable to leave the cave this day, the gain they had hoped to make was lost well she laughed bravely we have reindeer and they are swift we will win yet anyway she said springing to her feet no use crying over spilled milk until we can leave the cave our time's our own come on get dressed we'll see what wealth lies hidden in this old home in the mountainside in the meantime patsy was having a full share of strange adventure late in the afternoon feeling herself quite free from the annoying presence of the visiting band of eskimos and of scarberry's herd she harnessed her favorite spotted reindeer and went for a drive up the valley the two young eskimos who worked under terogluna had been sent into the hills to round up their herd and bring them into camp this was one of the daily tasks of the herders if this was done every day the herd would never stray too far Patsy liked to mount a hill with her sled deer and then like a general reviewing his troops watch the broad procession of brown and white deer as they marched down the valley This day she was a little late the herd began passing before she had climbed halfway up the ridge 
she paused to watch them pass then undecided whether to climb up the slope or turn back to camp she stood there until the uncertain light of the low arctic sun had faded and night had come just as she had decided to turn her deer toward home she caught a purple gleam on the hill directly above her the purple flame she exclaimed and not a quarter of a mile above me i could climb up there in fifteen minutes for a moment she stood undecided then seized by a sudden touch of daring she whirled her deer about tethered him to his sled and went scouting up a gully toward the spot where the mysterious flame had flashed for a moment then had gone out i'll see something anyway she told herself as she strove in vain to still the painful fluttering of her heart she had worked her way to a position on the side of the hill where the outlines of a tent with its extension of stovepipe standing out black above it was outlined against the sky then to her consternation she saw the flaps of the tent move someone is coming out she whispered to herself perhaps they have been watching me through a hole in the tent perhaps her heart stopped beating at thought of the dangers that might be threatening should she turn and flee or should she flatten herself against the snow and hope that she might not be seen suddenly remembering that her parka made of white fawn skin would blend perfectly with the snow she decided on the latter course there was not a second to lose hardly had she melted into the background of snow when a person appeared at the entrance of the tent then it was that patsy received a thrilling shock she had been prepared to see a bearded miner an eskimo most any type of man but the person she saw was not a man but a woman scarcely that little more than a girl it was with the utmost difficulty that patsy suppressed an audible exclamation closing her lips tight she took one startled look at the strange girl carefully dressed in short plaid skirt bright checkered mackinaw and a blue knit hood the girl stood perfectly silhouetted against the sky her eyes and hair were brown patsy was sure of that her features were fine there was a deep shade of healthy pink in her cheeks she's not a native alaskan patsy told herself like me she has not been long in alaska how she knew this she could not exactly tell but she was as sure of it as she was of anything in her life suddenly she was puzzled by a question what had brought the girl from the warmth of the tent into the cold patsy saw her glance up toward the sky there was a rapt look on her face as she gazed fixedly at the first evening stars it's as if she were saying a prayer or a psalm patsy murmured the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament his handiwork for a full moment the strange girl stood thus then turning slowly she stepped back into the tent that the tent had at least one other occupant patsy knew at once by a shadow that flitted across the wall as the girl entered well mused patsy well now i wonder she was more puzzled than ever but suddenly remembering that she had barely escaped being caught spying on these strangers she rose and went gliding down the hill when she reached her reindeer she loosed him and turned him toward home nor did she allow him to pause until he stood beside her igloo once inside her lodge with the candle gleaming brightly and a fire of dry willows snapping at the sheet-iron stove 
Patsy took a good long time for thinking things through. Somewhat to her surprise, she found herself experiencing a new feeling of safety. It was true she had not been much afraid since Marian had left her alone with the herders, for it was but a step from her igloo to Terragluna's tent. This old herder, who treated her as if she were his grandchild, would gladly give his life in defending her from danger. Nevertheless, a little feeling of fear lingered in her mind whenever she thought of the tent of the purple flame. As she thought of it now, she realized that she had lost that fear when she had discovered that there was a girl living in that tent. And yet, she told herself, there are bad women in Alaska just as there are everywhere. She might be bad, but somehow she didn't look bad. She looked educated and sort of refined and... and... She looked a bit lonely as she stood there gazing at the stars. I wanted to walk right up to her and say hello, just like that, nice and chummy. Perhaps I will, too, some day. And perhaps I won't, she thoughtfully added a moment later. Something of the old dread of the purple flame still haunted her mind. Then, too, there were two puzzling questions. Why were these people here at all? And how did they live, if not off Marion's deer? Not many days later, Patsy was to make a startling discovery that, to all appearances, was an answer to this last question. End of chapter 11